It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to tonight's Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 4-1 to to the Florida Panthers. Vegas 22-12-5, 49 points on the year. Just two wins in their last nine outings. And to help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth, bringing the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan? So many times we have seen this Golden Knights team be resilient in a game, whether they fall short or fall behind. They're able to generate a stronger push. Where Where is that gone? Well, some of it is on injured reserve, I suppose. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Will Carrier said it on the pregame show today when asked about that um, aspect of the team and you know so many people have stepped up who were um, you know the 13th forward or the 7th defenseman guys called up from the American League guys you did not expect to take the reins did and uh, that simply has not happened to the extent that it did in the past it's not all on those guys um, but the Knights have become a a little bit top heavy and reliant on some players more than uh, they have been historically it's great when you see you know the likes of what Stone, Eichel, and Barbashev did in roughly a dozen games together. And, you know, Marcia So and Carlson were tracking along pretty well too. But after that, you know, there there wasn't uh, near as much contribution of late from the rest of the lineup. By contribution, I'm talking about the point production here. Yeah. And um, the, the team generally is just giving up way too much. You know, to give up four goals again. You know, they've given up four goals or more in eight out of 11 games. I mean, that is nowhere near. I mean, forget about the scoring for a moment. Yeah. To give up four goals or more in eight out of 11 games, you know, and we talked about it early in this contest, but part of the night's success, they did score first in this game, but the Panthers had virtually zero offensive zone time, um, a couple of uh, shots from distance, but uh, there was virtually no offensive zone time. So that's one way to keep an opposing team off the scoreboard. But it didn't last. It didn't last, and um, you know, just not enough of the uh, foundation was here um, for the duration of the contest. You'd love to see a 60-minute performance that is going to happen so rarely, but you'd like to see 30 or 40 minutes, and um, you know, go um, take your chances with that. That's um, you know, the Knights came well short of that today. They had 10 really good minutes, and mm-hmm. um, not very good after that. I mean, obviously, you look at special teams in this one. The the Florida Panthers, they, as you mentioned in the first period, didn't have much going until they get their first power play opportunity of the game. It results in a tie. Then going into the second period, and the Golden Knights can't really feel as good as maybe they should have after a strong first period. And then you get two different five-on-three opportunities, and Vegas just didn't generate much with it. Outside of, you know, just refusing to kind of throw the puck to the front of the net and outnumber Florida down low. Like, what were some of the other issues on those five-on-threes, or was that pretty much it? That's a big part of it, yeah. yeah. And, and Bruce Cassidy did about as much coaching, Ryan, as we have seen. You know, that yeah. he took the grease board, as Gary calls it. It's a whiteboard. Uh, with Marker <laughs> himself. Uh, and, and then, you know, calling a timeout in the midst of it that you had. I mean, it was, it was on a silver platter mm-hmm. for the Knights, given what had happened in the first period, right? The officials missed two things. Yeah. They called a penalty against the Knights that should not have been because Bobrovsky got a stick in the face from a teammate. They called Denisenko. And then Pahal got sticked in the face. They did not call that. So Cassidy in the intermission chatted with Garrett Rank 
and talked it over, and the officials would have looked at the video in the intermission and seen some of the things that Bruce was telling them about. And what do you know? that The Knights got power plays. Now, it's not just because Bruce had that conversation, but you know that, that that's a contributing factor. The Panthers had to take the penalties, which they did, um, and the Knights you know, got those power play opportunities, and Vegas simply squandered it. Uh, it was uh, about as dispiriting a stretch of power play time as I can recall, especially given all of the, the work that Bruce was was doing. And then to add to that, you know, what he told Ashley Vice on television was that, um, you know, basically the stuff that Bruce had uh, shared with the team, that the team ignored, uh, that, yeah. you know, they were selfish and did not go with what Bruce had drawn up. So uh, we'll be eager to hear what Bruce has to say about it after the fact. You know, but that was just a few of the power plays. They went on to be 0 for 6. And just, um, as I said to Gary during the game, you know, the, the Knights have relied on their number one unit um, far more than they ever have in previous years. Um, and that's obviously why Bruce took the time out, rightfully so. So those guys would get a number of looks. But in the past, it seemed like there were uh, an opportunity for the second unit to come on and produce. And you almost have some back and forth. Now, I know, like, Jack Eichel was not part of this team from the beginning. When Jack Eichel is on the team, you're going to want him on the ice for a lot of the power play. But, um, you know, there, there are guys who could score on the second unit as well. And when you're talking about the Knights trailing by a lot, you start thinking about managing minutes. you got to use the second unit. you yeah. got to use the second unit, and I'm surprised that they have not done that more, especially when the first unit has not converted. You know, they were two for 16 spanning, 16, uh, spanning six games coming in today. Two for 16, and now they're two for 22 in seven games. So, um, you know, Petrangelo has been there. We saw the last power play. Martinez was out there. Um, no William Carlson today because of injury. Stevenson was in that spot. Um, it, it just uh, seems to me that the current uh, approach, uh, whether it is the configuration of players, the strategy of going heavy with the first unit. I mean, start a power play with the second unit once in a while. Yeah. If, you know, if you're worried about Eichel staying out there for too long, Start the second unit, and then, you know, those guys come off at some point during the power play, then throw the second group on there, and then maybe they'll have some more urgency. It just seems to not be working with what's uh, been going on, and it, it all snowballs, right? You know, if they had yeah. found a way to win as they did against the Kings, you know, we could have we talked about all the chances they allowed, the shots against, the shots that Vegas blocked. If Vegas had lost that game instead of winning 3-2 to two, and they had a 3-1 to one lead late, you know, what we would have been talking about were the shortcomings there. But they won, so we didn't talk about the shortcomings as much. <laughs> Here they lose, so we're talking all about, you know, in this case, special teams. You know, on the penalty kill side, Ryan, as Gary talked about earlier, goaltender's got to be the best penalty killer. Um, yeah. That has not been the case in this recent stretch where they're basically about 50% on the kill over the last eight games. So having said all that and, and kind of recognizing where the Golden Knights are at right now and what their record has been, over the last nine, ten games, where's your concern level? Well, you know, they're, <laughs> they're still in a playoff spot. They're still, yeah. I mean, Vancouver lost today. You know, they uh, Vancouver played St. Louis. The Blues won 2-1. to one. You know, the, the Rangers, who, um, you know, the Rangers did win 4-1 to one today, but they had a loss the other day. Like, the best teams in the league are still going to lose games. Mm -hmm. You don't like the fact that the Knights have only two wins, over the course of nine games. And this is all happening with so many of the regulars uh, unavailable. Obviously, Carlson today plus Kolasar. We haven't seen Theodore now. Today was the 19th game that Theodore has missed. Yeah. Aiden Hill has not played in over five weeks, et cetera, et cetera. So in the big picture, I can't say that the concern is too high, 
but you've got to stop the bleeding at some point. You know, now that that win against the Kings on the 28th looms even larger because imagine if they had lost six in a row. Yeah. And that is not the case because of that win. But um, it would have been <laughs> had they not um, earned the win. It, you know, it, 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 um, it would have been seven in a row uh, that they would have lost. But they didn't. They won that game. So they, they, um, they are too good to fall into long slumps. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard this at, uh, from a number of people at different levels of the sport. You know, good teams are going to lose games, but they don't lose two. And uh, the Knights have now lost consecutive games here. And prior to that, they had lost four in a row. And they're not getting points. You know, they have 11 overtime games this year. Yeah. They are 6-5 and five in those games. Fifth most games have been decided in OT. In other words, they managed to collect those points. They have five extra time losses, four in OT, one in the shootout. Right now, they're not getting those extra points. You know, if you lose 5-4 in overtime where you lose 3-2 to two in a shootout. All right, at least you get a point or two. Sure. They yeah. are not getting points in these losses, which is something that they had done earlier in the season. All right, Dan, any final thoughts on this one before we turn our attention to Saturday night and a date with the New York Islanders? Yeah, I, I you know, we just uh, brought it up with Braden McNabb, and, and Gary asked a very good question, and Braden uh, you know, didn't really have a good answer. Nobody does. You know, in the stretch leading into the Christmas break, Vegas had played all these games, and, as many, if not more, than everybody else in the league and having a long spring and you know the schedule, uh, not enough practice time and, and all of those things. Well, now that the schedule is more favorable, you know, you maybe you have to take a harder look in the mirror. Um, you don't have that crutch of not as much practice, not as much rest. Plus, they got a lot of home games here, seven out of eight at home. You don't have big events. You know, the Winter Classic is in the rearview mirror. You don't have the you know distraction of holiday stuff. You know there, there are uh, the excuses that we have offered for the shortcomings in recent weeks are dissipating. And um, like I said, there will be a need to look more firmly and longer in the mirror. All right, great stuff as always, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll chat on Saturday. Thanks, Ryan. That's the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duba, helping us break down a 4-1 loss to the Florida Panthers. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. The Golden Knights scored in the first period tonight, so make sure you have the McDonald's app downloaded to redeem your free French fries of any size at your local McDonald's tomorrow. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 4-1 to the Florida Panthers. Vegas now 22-12 and 5-49 points on the year. Next in action, Saturday, 7 o'clock against the New York Islanders. Vegas just 2-7-0 in their last nine games. You know, you look at that, it feels like an anomaly of sorts, but there are certainly reasons as to why the Golden Knights have not been able to find the win column with consistency, and we'll dig into those. I am curious to hear Bruce Cassidy, his commentary after a game like tonight, mainly because I I felt like the Golden Knights, their energy in the first period was was where it needed to be, where we were hoping it it would be, certainly the first 12-ish minutes of of that first period. But then special teams become an issue again, and that's been 
something that over the last stretch, probably the last 10 to 12 games, has been an area of concern for the Golden Knights. So special teams come back to bite them again in this one, but it goes beyond just an inability to score on the power play and an inability to keep the puck out of the net on the penalty kill. The postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Aiden Hill, still not available for the Vegas Golden Knights. Shea Theodore, still not available for Vegas. No Caden Korzak, no Ben Hutton. And then tonight, no William Carlson for the first time this season. No Keegan Colasar as well. So it's, you know, it's easy, I think, to point to some of the injuries that the Golden Knights have sustained and, and understand why they might not be playing their best hockey right now. But the fact of the matter is that this is a team that, you know, injury issues, they're not unfamiliar with this, right? Like the Golden Knights have had injury issues before. They have had players, key players, out of their lineup and they have had guys step up they've had guys find ways to be impactful and so now you have to find a, a way to mitigate this skid and get yourself back in the win column and start accruing some points here let's take a look at the highlights in this game we go back to the first period and you know i talked about intensity early on from the golden knights that's exactly what we got as pavel dorofiev slammed home a rebound just four minutes into the game Knights back in, stone shooting save, rebound, score! Pavel Dorofiev gives the Knights a 1-0 lead. Dorofiev's fourth goal in his 19th game on a rebound of a Mark Stone shot. Fourth goal of the year for Dorofiev from Mark Stone, 3.59 in the first period, made it 1-0 Vegas. The Golden Knights were in complete control of the game until Will Carrier was called for tripping. The Panthers scored on the ensuing power play as a weird carom found Sam Bennett with a wide-open net. Lundell on the doorstep, out high, Ekman Larson rips it, rebound shot, score! Sam Bennett, the rebound goal. Thompson was way out of his net to the right, and with six seconds left on the power play, Sam Bennett ties the game 1-1. Seventh goal of the year for Sam Bennett from Oliver Ekman Larson and Aaron Ekblad. 14-15 of the first period, tied the game at one, a power play goal. So we'd head to the second period, and after the Golden Knights failed to score on two five-on-three advantages, they'd find themselves on the penalty kill, and Logan Thompson made a huge kick save on Aaron Ekblad. Near the blue line, into the right circle for Hagee, down to the goal line. Petrangelo slides in on Kachuk, strips it loose. And now for Hagee, into the circle, extra pass and a shot, kick save! And a beauty from Thompson on Ekblad! However, after that save from Logan Thompson, the Panthers scored on their next shot as Matthew Kachuk scored with a perfect tip. Montour shoots, tipped home. Matthew Kachuk, power play goal, and Florida takes a 2-1 lead. Matthew Kachuk's first power play goal of the season. Matthew Kachuk's seventh goal of the year, a power play goal from Brandon Montour and Sam Reinhardt. 6-15 of the second period made it 2-1 Florida. And then late in the period, the Panthers extended the lead as Carter Verhage jumped on a juicy rebound. Bennett into the right circle, poked away from Verhage. Comes to the blue line, and now a Forsling shot save. Rebound score! Carter Verhage with the rebound, and it's a 3-1 Florida lead with a minute 22 to go in the second period. 20th goal of the year for Carter Verhage from Gustav Forsling and Brandon Montour. 18-38 of the second period made it 3-0 Florida. So we'd head to the third period and the Golden Knights needed a push to start the third. Instead, they took another penalty and surrendered another power play goal as Sam Reinhart finished off a pretty passing play. 
And in the right circle, it's Verhagen. Quick stick, pass, score. Sam Reinhart from the right goal line by Kachuk. 4-1 Florida. The third power play goal of the game for the Panthers. 25th goal of the year for Sam Reinhart for Matthew Kachuk and Carter Verhage. 5-23 the third period made it 4-1 Florida. Another power play goal. And all that was left in this game was the final call. Florida has scored four unanswered. And what has become a rather empty T-Mobile arena. Offers its displeasure. Final score, Panthers four, Knights one. There you have it, 4-1 to one the final. The Florida Panthers defeat the Vegas Golden Knights here inside T-Mobile Arena. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Hey, Bruce. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. They go three for six in the power play. You guys go 0 for six. I guess, what was the disconnect? Why were you guys just not very good tonight on special teams? Uh, power play side of it um, didn't execute. Obviously, we whiffed on a lot of our one-timer chances, so had an off night there. Uh, I think we went rogue a little uh, off script in terms of finding the open open man, especially in the five on three. We took some, I thought, poor shot selection. Um, and then on five on four, I just thought we were playing on the perimeter. Didn't get it to the top of the crease enough. They're an uh, aggressive team that will flex out away from the net, and we refuse to, you know, kind of put pucks in there looking for a better play. So, yeah, uh, you know, the selection of when to shoot, when not to shoot wasn't good. Uh, off net with some of our chances obviously didn't help. The first power play I thought was excellent. We had some really good looks. Marcia so uh, I think had at least a couple. We, we were making the right decision and got it to the net. After that, we got away from that or, or misfired on some shots. So that was probably the issue with the power play for the most part. I thought losing the face-off battle, one-on-one uh, -on -one pucks, uh, especially the five-on-three, I think Stenlin will work three guys for a puck to clear it. So that's part of your issue, too, if you don't start with the puck and have better effort to get it. You always have to outwork the, the uh, four guys. So uh, I guess to sum it up, not much. We didn't do much well after the first one. The PK uh, first goal was an off-net shot that we're out of position for the rebound. I, I don't know that you can blame the penalty kill on that one particularly. Um, the last goal, Reinhardt, we talked about that over and over. He's probably scored 10 goals like that this year. So breakdown and coverage there. And the other one was a deflection by Kachuk in front. I, good play by him. I'm going to give him credit. I don't know that we can tie up with him off net. Could have done a better job, obviously, get get into the original shooting lane. But So what they did well was get pucks through towards the net, which is something we didn't do at all in the power play, uh, except for the first one. So give them credit for keeping it simple. Um, you know, we obviously did not and tried to complicate it I think at times as I said and <coughs> didn't take what was there. Danny. Danny, <clears throat> Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Um, you've talked a lot in spurts about how you won a 60-minute game and there have been some periods where there have been good spurts. The first period was good tonight. What happened in the second and third, did some what translated to that? Well, I liked our start. We were ready to play. Had some good looks. Probably could have had more than a, a one goal lead, um, but that's okay. I mean, Ross is a good goaltender. He's going to make saves. We were off net again with a couple of good chances. 
Second period, I think it was the special teams, to be quite honest. I think our power play took the life, sucked the life out of us. Your top guys are on it, right? I mean, they're, we even called timeout so they could stay and we could talk about a play that, for whatever reason, we weren't, you know, we weren't even able to get into. So those are the guys that make it go. And a lot of them play the PK too. So we're not going to put the loss on, you know, whatever one in it. But our, our best players get outplayed in special teams by their best players. That, that's who's on special teams for the most part. And from there, we weren't able to get our game back. And we talked about it. I mean, I did an interview with Ashley. Like, you can't dwell on the fact you didn't score in a five-on-three. You got to get to your game. It's two to one. You know, if we get back to where we were in the first period, I, I think we're fine. But we never got to it. So, you know, I didn't speak to the players after, but obviously, maybe they can answer to why they couldn't get back to their game, or if that, that they were stuck on, you know, a failed power place. I, I don't know the answer to that. But tomorrow, we're going to have a talk about it. That. We're an imperfect team. We want a championship being that way last year, so we better get our friggin' heads out of our, if that's what we think we're going to be perfect every night. There's not a perfect team in this league. So get back to work and uh, win a game five on five. You know, Kill the next penalty, and if you get another power play, then bear down. We weren't able to do that, and you know that, that's unfortunate. Chris. Hey, Coach. Uh, Chris, Vegas Hockey now. You've mentioned a lot about the lack of practice time and the amount of games the Golden Knights have played versus some of the other teams in the league. Is there optimism now that the games are a little spread out in January and you'll get some more practice time? Well, it's reality. It's not optimism. That's just the way our schedule is at the start of the year. It was game intensive, travel intensive. Now it's not. So, yes, we will have a lot more practice time. Um, we practiced uh, before Seattle. We practiced before this game. We'll practice tomorrow. We'll probably have at least two practices scheduled next week. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely a situation. February, January, I haven't looked at March. I think that gets a little busier, but certainly January and February. Alan? Oh, hey, Coach. Uh, Alan Snell with LVSportsBiz.com. During this uh, current slump, are you more concerned about the intensity or the execution of the team? Well, I'm a coach, so I'm concerned about everything, to be honest with you. Um, at the end of the day, there, there's going to be lulls in the season where your intensity doesn't match the other teams, but uh, this has been way too long, and for not long enough stretches when we are in it in games. Uh, execution, keeping the puck out of our net, we've talked about that. Uh, I think that plagued us earlier. Now it's execution offensively. Saw it in the power play tonight. Seattle, we didn't finish. Um, so it's both. Last one to Willie. Willie Ramirez, Associated Press. Bruce, after the Kings win, Logan mentioned just how the previous month he was really going through it mentally and it seemed tough. Um, are you noticing anything as, as each goal gets by or as a coach? Are you aware, keeping an eye on maybe his mental game and, and where it's at with, I mean, I think he's lost 11 of his last 17 starts. Well, I'm sure goalies are like coaches are judged on wins and losses, so I'm sure it bothers him when he doesn't win. I get it. Um, I thought the L.A. game, we, I think we blocked 32 shots that day. I thought we worked really hard as a team to keep the puck out of our net, help our goaltender, help our team defense. And, and that's where I thought the message should have been, personally, is that we, we really played well as a team, including the goaltender, to win the game, and that's what we need more of especially if you're not scoring four or five goals, right? So um, tonight we weren't great team defensively, right? So, we, you know, like some net front goals against, we got to take care of those. 
As for Logan's state of mind, I know at the start of the year, their both goalie was healthy, and I know that Logan would have liked to have more starts, obviously, the way his year started last year. And he got hurt, but Aiden Hill you know, comes in, wins the Cup, so we give him a few more. So I know he wants the work, so now he's getting the opportunity to have the work. So that's the way I look at it as, a, as, as the positive. You're getting the net every night pretty much. Obviously, back-to-back, -back, it's a little more challenging, although he won his back-to-back -back game against L.A., so we're still going to use him right now. Um, but the, the lack of winning affects everybody, you know, the goaltender more so uh, than most, right, because he's the last line of defense. But I think everyone um, can start to lose some confidence or question things when you don't win. And so I think part of our whole team is going through that. So we're trying to just, hey, get to our identity every night, play the right way. Eventually things go your way if you have a good team. And I feel we're, we are a good team. So that's my only message to Logan. You know, you got to keep working on your game, build your game. You know, you're getting an opportunity to go in there every night. Um, and that's it. Um, after that, him and Sean, they work hand in hand. Probably a little more of those conversations about technical side, mental side. Um, but at the end of the day, that's that's you know where you know where we're at with, with Logan. He's basically become our number one since Hill's been out, right? And I think every goalie would like that. And um, that's where we're at. <clears throat> Thank you, Bruce. Thanks, Thank everybody. You. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 4-1 to the Florida Panthers. Vegas now 22-12-5, and 49 points on the year. Seem to be stuck in and around that number now for a little while as Golden Knights have won just two games in their last nine opportunities. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. For the Golden Knights, started off well enough. Really great first 10, 12 minutes of the first period. They were all over the Florida Panthers. Reloads in the neutral zone were great. They played with a good pace on the forecheck. Uh, spent the majority of that time in the offensive zone. Then they took penalties. And then the Florida Panthers made them pay uh, with three power play goals, four unanswered goals. And the Panthers cruise to a 4-1 victory, sweeping the season series from the Vegas Golden Knights. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Postgame Show. Extended Postgame Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Postgame Show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 4-1 the final. The Florida Panthers defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Florida sweeps the season series. Neither game particularly close outside of a really good first 10 to 12 minutes from the Vegas Golden Knights in this game tonight. 
702-876-1340. Listen, I, I know we've got a text line here, but I want to talk about this one. Like, give me a call, right? Like, we have had so much good when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights in 2023. So much positivity surrounding this team. And rightfully so. They won a Stanley Cup. They were great out of the bye week in the All-Star break, and they really did a great job in the first month and a half of this season. But it's been tough sledding since. Since going 11-0-1 in their first 12 games, the Golden Knights are just 11-12-4 since. That's right. When you look at it from that perspective, it's been a tough go for Vegas of late. So, your thoughts and opinions surrounding this team, they can be summed up, they can be sent in on a text message, that's totally fine. But this is a post-game show to dig in a little bit more on this team, where they're at, where your concerns are, and whether or not you believe that this team's going to be able to find their groove just like they did last year. So if you've never called in before, or you're on the fence, or you'd rather text, I'm asking you right now in this moment, pick up the phone and give me a call. 702-876-1340. I'd like to hear from you tonight. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? Hey, Stephanie, are you there? Stephanie, can you hear me? All right, as we try to get Stephanie up, we will continue to dig into where this team is and immediate reaction that we did get on the text line. Some people are are leaning a little bit too far into the concern for me. Like, is there a concern with this Golden Knights team? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm I'm right there. I think that I've been kind of fighting it for a while now. I've been I've been looking at this team, the makeup of this team, believing that they're just too good, right? And, and I do believe this. I, I still look at the Golden Knights as a legitimate cup contender. I don't look at the Golden Knights as a team that's going to fall out anytime soon, but there's concern surrounding their game, and I certainly think they can get back to some semblance of who they were before this skid, and it might just come with health, which is a difficult one to, to, to kind of parse through. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? All right, doesn't look like we've got Mike. Let's try for Tony. Hey, Tony, you're up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, awesome. Uh, Bruce Cassidy can give a master class in calling a team out without naming names. And I think exactly what was said tonight about – a, a team that's afraid to shoot the puck on the power play yeah. shows itself over and over again. You watch our power play, it's like painting by numbers. Hold the puck, look for a player, make a diagonal pass, receive the puck, hold the puck, pass it back. There's no there's there's no spontaneity to it, there's no creativity to it. When we scored tonight, it's because we made the goalie move. But mm-hmm. when, when Bob had to move for a puck and, and the rebound comes off, we got a guy on the backside, open net, it goes in. 
anytime we've had any success on our power play, that's how it's been. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's getting to be. I don't I don't know what Bruce does to make these guys understand it. I love his quote: "Well, when they pull their heads out of the year, they're your know what? Yeah. Then maybe. And and again, to call out his team without embarrassing players by name, but he does it so masterfully. And I and I. I don't know any other coaches that do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a great point, Tony, and, and thanks so much for the call. I, I think you're right on the money there in that the lack of shot volume, specifically on the five-on-three, is, is I think where most of the frustration lies, right? Because, you know, Bruce put that opportunity in the hands of his best players, in the hands of Jack Eichel, in the hands of Mark Stone, in the hands of his top unit on the power play, and drew up plays and, and even mentioned in the post game that they, they went rogue with some of their shot selection, that the plays that they drew up did not get executed. And when that happens, it becomes harder and harder and harder to kind of keep in the frustration from a coaching perspective because you're wanting the team to buy into what made them successful in the past. They are a team that wants to make the perfect play. Unfortunately, and as Bruce rightly pointed out on the postgame show and in his postgame commentary, they won a Stanley Cup by being imperfect. There's, there's no team in the world, no National Hockey League team is going to ever put together a perfect 60 minutes. It doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. And so part of what the Golden Knights have to, part of the questions that they need to answer here are can they be okay being imperfect? Can they be okay giving up a goal and then getting right back to their game and not allowing that to kind of push them back a little bit? That's going to be the bigger challenge here, is learning how to win again, knowing that you're not going to be perfect. Because that was their Golden Knights superpower last year. They were imperfect, they leaned into it, and they won a championship. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Donnie. Hey, Donnie, how you doing? Doing great, Ryan. I texted you a couple times, you know, the fancy play syndrome, and we won't talk about the power play anymore. Mm -hmm. But I had a question for you. When Zach Whitecloud got the elbowing and uh, the subsequent uh, offsetting minors for Mm -hmm. roughing, why did Florida not have to put somebody in the box? Sam Bennett went down the tube to the dressing room. Why did they not have to put a player in the box? We had to put two in the box. Well, Yes, you had Zach Whitecloud in the box. He was serving his four minutes total, and then you had to put a player into the penalty box that would be able to come out when that two-minute power play was over for the the Florida Panthers. That's why Paul Cotter went in to serve the, the penalty. As far as Sam Bennett goes, Sam Bennett needed to leave the ice for repairs, and it, the, the Florida Panthers weren't shorthanded in that slot, right? So um, in, in go ahead. Yeah, as, as my wife. The thing about it, though, mm-hmm. we lost the services of two players. You know, well, they, yet, you know yes. Sam Bennett went down for repair. What if he got it fixed and came back early? Yeah, he, I mean, the, 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 the referees would not have allowed him to, to jump back on the ice. Like, that's, that's not something. If he would have come back, he would have come back and skated immediately over to the, to the penalty box in, a, in a, a stoppage. And, yes, to a degree, you are losing two players, but Paul Cotter does not kill penalties, so in that regard, 
you know, again, you need to have a player there as a placeholder because there was a double minor to Zach Whitecloud. So when his two minutes were up, he couldn't come back onto the ice because he had to serve four minutes of penalty time. Right. Well, I understand that. And I think Vegas will turn it around. Yeah. You know, it's. Um, I don't think there's any problem there. The, the sky is not falling yet. Okay. okay. Great <laughs> so, stuff there. Uh, I think they'll turn it around and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, I think we'll go on another, you know, extended run of uh, several games. You know, I don't know when. It might take, you know, getting a, a player or two back on defense because we're down at least three defensemen now. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Great stuff there, Donnie. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Let's give this another shot. Mike, how you doing? <laughs> okay. Well, listen, uh, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm really, really happy, as I know you are, that people are responding. And let's hear voices tonight, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a time for discussing what's going on and hoping that the guys will repair it quickly. What I saw tonight frightens me a little bit in the sense that in the in April of 2022, I know it's a long time ago, but memories of good times and bad haunt me. during the day and that one was a bad memory we had 12 good players on the ice at any given time in april of 2022 we were injured we were decimated but we still had really solid players like stone and and people like that and yet we played in a way that was apathetic we couldn't even beat teams that weren't going anywhere after the season was over and I saw apathy tonight, and that is unforgivable. You cannot be apathetic, and I think we were. In, in what, like, can you give me examples of, of the apathetic well, play? An example would be Coach Cassidy took charge of the bench, which he rarely does. He'll usually hand the, the board off to Dominic Ducharme or yeah, somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he takes charge, and he calls a timeout in the first half of the game, which is another unprecedented move. I don't remember that ever happening. And he is adamant about drawing up a play that will work uh, with a five-on-three. And not only do we not score, we don't even take a shot. Sure. What on earth is that all about? I, he he said it. Players went rogue. Yeah. Like, there was, there was a, an idea to draw up your own play, to find your own way in the game. And I, I don't know that I'd necessarily like label that as, as apathy. I, I, again, at no point in time do I think a player is going to get onto that ice and not try to win. But what this team has done time and again, especially when it comes to the man advantage, especially when it's not working, they try to pass the puck into an open net. They, they, uh-huh. they refuse in times to just throw pucks into traffic and outwork the opposition in front of the net. And so when that happens, it can look a lot like apathy, but I think it's looking for that perfect play because this team wants to be perfect. This team wants to have the pretty play. They want to have that extra pass because right now they're not playing with very much confidence. They're not playing with that gusto we're used to seeing them have offensively. And when that's not going for you, when you don't feel confident that the plays you're making are going to go in or that you're going to beat a goaltender clean, you have to add the perfect pass, and that's usually when it messes you up. Yeah. Perfection. The strive for perfection can be as damaging as it is positive. 
And in our case, tape to tape, backdoor shot goes in the net as they proved it can be done mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Sam. The, what was the Sam Bennett shot was that. Uh, so we can do that, but why, why beat yourself up and try to be perfect when you have the best team on the ice almost every night? And I don't need to win 65 games like the Boston Bruins did last year and then be gone in, in mid-April. That, what good does that do anybody? I, I, Mike, I think, I think right now it's a lack of confidence that's yeah. driving the need to be perfect. Right, like because again, if you don't have confidence that you're going to be able to throw a puck to the net and either beat a goalie clean or get to a rebound or get to a second or third opportunity or whatever it might be, you're looking for the perfect play to score. Well, as Dan Duva points out, and he did so very well in that two or three minutes you guys spend together at the end. This is not a, a crisis. This is people lose on given nights, but it could become that if you don't gather the troops together and decide, okay, we're going to lose some points here. We're going to, unfortunately, we're not going to gain any points in overtime or shootouts, which is a concern and will be if we don't start doing that at least. But I, I do, I'm not like, again, I'm not pushing panic buttons, but I am concerned about the overall strive for perfection, I guess is the best way you put it best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks I, for... I think we're all. I think we're going to be okay, but yeah. I think it's going to be not without some pain. No, I. You're you're absolutely right, Mike, and, and thanks for the call. Like, eighty-two games, it's a grind. Like, teams have to go through pain to win, right? Like this this is not unique to to this Golden Knights team. It, it's something that they dealt with last season too. They were able to come through on the other side of that adversity. Let's see what this team does with it now. Right, like that's going to be the big question moving forward. Let's go back out of the phone lines. Bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. You're here now. Good stuff. Yes, I'm here. I what I think what happened was that somehow because I heard Mike get on, and then I thought that I went to the live feed, but it was actually just my headset turned on the radio feed. So hmm. that's okay. Um, that's kind of on par for tonight, anyway. So it's just. They, the first, like, 10, 12 minutes, they, they were great. Like, it, they had energy. They were on it. Um, I, I don't know how Marshy didn't get a goal because he was just throwing everything on the net. Hmm. Um, and then they just they really got rattled by the high stick that wasn't a high stick, I feel like. Hmm. And it just kind of went downhill from there. They didn't ever quite get regrouped and get settled back in. Even with the five-on-three, it just looked so like panicked, right? And I think that that's, it's just, I think they're all kind of in their heads a little bit, right? And something that like um, one of my son's hockey coaches tells him is that you just have to treat every shift as a new game. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're doing that. I think that they're kind of letting the last, you know, earlier parts of the game, the last few games creep in and get in there. And you just can't do that. I I think you're right on the money there, Stephanie. And thanks so much for the call. It's a great point. I, I think that they are holding on to plays inside of a game, plays over the last nine games, why they haven't been able to kind of find their, their groove or their, their level or their identity. And, and it's creeping into the here and now. They're not playing in the moment, right? Like they're not – 
allowing themselves to just exist in that shift. And, and to me, I think that's going to be a big thing for the Golden Knights moving forward. That's how they're going to get to them, get to their game, get to their identity by leaving it all where it is and only focusing on the next shift, the next game. Uh, and that happens to be the Islanders on Saturday. Take a break. Come back with more on the post on the extended post game show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 4-1 the final. The Florida Panthers defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Take more of your phone calls. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Greg. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good, Ryan, how are you? I'm good. Hey, hey um, I didn't hear a lot of the show earlier because of the phone issues, but we were at the game tonight, and I'll tell you, the start of this game, the Knights had everything they needed to win this game mm-hmm. until they had that extended five-on-three and didn't score. And I looked at my son, and I go, that's going to cause a problem the rest of this game. And sure enough, it seemed like they did. The second period, they just had nothing in response to uh, to uh, the Florida's play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was frustrating, and I, and I know the – the people there in the third period were so frustrated, I started hearing chants of shoot the puck, shoot the puck. Mm-hmm. And I did pick up one part of uh, the show earlier where they're looking for that perfect goal. But Dorofiev's goal that we got in the first was off of a rebound because yeah. they put the puck on net. And it just doesn't seem on the power play they don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're you're right on there, and and usually when you have a, a five on three, not just one but two, um, if you do not convert there, it usually comes back to bite you in the end. And I mean that was the game, right? It, as Bruce Cassidy said after uh, after the game, it, it sucked momentum from them, and really allowed the Florida Panthers to to dial it up and and take advantage of the game and take control of the game in the second period. Absolutely, their power play when they're on their power play. They just seem to make it easy to defend because there's no movement. The, the puck doesn't go get past as much as I think as it should to get an open shot. Yeah. And, and it, they just make it easy to, to be defended on the power play. Yeah, that's a, that's a great observation there, Greg. Thanks so much for the call. I, I think that for Vegas, again, it's, it's, there have been times in the past where they have moved the puck with a little bit more urgency and they've thrown pucks to the net and they've outworked guys and teams in front of the blue paint. That's usually when their power play is clicking. Um, when it's not, it's passive, it's to the outside, and it's trying to pass the puck into the net. And that's you know, really what I think you saw for the majority of the power play opportunities tonight for the Golden Knights. Let's go back out of the phone lines. One more call. Let's get to Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Not worth a damn. I got to be honest, I am so tired of losing, hmm. I, I, and I don't know what buttons I need to push, but we start off like we do tonight, and you go, okay, it's going to turn around, and it doesn't, mm-hmm. and they can say they don't want to blame this, they don't want to blame that, I don't care what you blame, just fix the damn thing. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I get the frustration. I really do. Now, I, I again, I, I will reiterate that I think the team is too good for this to continue. I, I think they're too good and too deep for 
an extended losing streak or or a longer type of skid to happen. But at some point, you've got to lean into what makes you you. And for the Golden Knights, that's keeping the puck out of their own net and being an absolute menace to play against when it comes to a forecheck pressure. And, you know, if those two, te- if those two things are absent, the Golden Knights are going to have trouble winning games. Well, you know, I've never been a sky is falling person, yeah. but it's raining pretty damn hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Rita. I, can I tell you something? Oh, please. It'll, it'll, it'll get better. Like I, I genuinely believe it. I still think they're, they're again, they're too good of a hockey team for this to go on for the, for much longer. We saw something similar like this happen last season. We know how that ended. I'd say keep your head up. Better days are coming. Well, I remember that from last season, but we were we were so good with the playoffs, the last part of the season, the first part of this. Mm-hmm. And we're just not used to losing, and we don't like it. Yeah. I'm with you there, Rita. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Always honest, Rita, one of my favorite callers. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 4-1 the final. The Golden Knights fall to the Florida Panthers. Florida sweeps the season series. But the Golden Knights still have a Stanley Cup championship banner staring me in the face. I am looking at it right now. That is something the Florida Panthers do not have. And though it is in a measure of revenge for Florida, it's still the ultimate prize that went to the Vegas Golden Knights. And I know things are rough right now. I get it. I do. The Golden Knights have just two wins in their last nine games. However, I still believe this team is good. I still believe this team is too good to have another stretch over nine games, ten games, whatever it might be, where they only pick up two victories or don't accumulate points by losing or getting to overtime shootout situations. So having said all that, You're going to have rough patches. All good teams have them. All championship teams have them. The big thing here for the Golden Knights is that they start getting to work toward their identity Saturday, 7 o'clock against the Islanders, and that they lean into being imperfect because you're not going to win a game by being perfect. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post game show. Thanks to Vanessa Alejos for making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. Thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your post game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input until Saturday. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights post game show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.